Hey sis, welcome to Beyond the Military Podcast, where faith-led military women overcome burnout and create more balance. Just imagine having enough time to focus on your faith, family, and have more fun while still serving as a woman leader. In this podcast, you will walk away with the tools to help you navigate the busy life of a military woman, organize your mind, overcome overwhelm, create a prioritization playbook, and a balanced blueprint for integrating faith, family, and career. Yeses in that order. Hi, I'm Wendy Ray, woman of God, wife, mama of two, army veteran, and certified life coach. And I'm here to help you create a life of meaning outside of the military, a life of laughter, joy, and intentional free time. If you are ready to overcome burnout and create balance as a faith-led military woman, sis, this podcast is for you. So loosen up your laces and grab your coffee because it's time to step into freedom and peace. Hello, lady, and welcome to another episode, and I am just super excited that you're here, and if this is your first episode, I want to welcome you, and I am just beyond excited for today's show, today's episode. Today, I have a very special guest. She is our first military woman coming on Beyond the Military podcast, and I want to first say that you do not want to miss this. You do not want to miss a moment of this episode because Olivia is going to go deep in our conversation. And by the way, she is a retired lieutenant colonel and she talks from red lipstick, being a mom, going through a divorce, and most importantly, being self, um, being grounded in her faith and discovering herself. You have to hear her story. And I promise you that you will not only take um, nuggets from this, but you will really be able to understand the importance of taking care of yourself as a woman, as a mom, as a leader, and even someone who has a very strong faith in how important it is to stay connected because you will hear Olivia's story and how that helped her not only overcome um, her life circumstance, but also how it saved her life. All right, you guys, I hope that you enjoy this episode and I want to uh, take the time to introduce her, but also for you to um, really learn a lot about her experiences, learn about what she's been through and really um, see if that, if you're in any way or form, shape or form in her similar story. So I'm super excited that she's here. She's going to share with us her story, her journey in the military, but not only that, give you some nuggets, give you some tips, some tools that will help you not only grow in your military career as a leader, but also possibly as a mom, as a wife, as a um, partner, as a friend, um, really anywhere in your life. So I want to introduce to you, um, to Miss Olivia Nunn. Now she was a commissioned uh, as a Reserve Officer Training Corps military graduate through Radford University ROTC program in 2001. Olivia has served in command and staff positions within the United States Army, including three combat deployments to Iraq. Olivia has served as an official Army spokesperson, executive officer to the Chief of Army Public Affairs. In her last assignment, she served as the Director of Communications for the U.S. Army Soldier for Life. All right, ladies, there you have it. And Olivia, welcome to the episode. Thank you so very much, Wendy, for bringing me onto your show and being a guest. I so appreciate it and looking forward to chatting with you this afternoon. So thank you. 
Absolutely. And yeah, please, if you could tell our listeners where you're at in your journey, I introduced you as Olivia because <laughs> you are now, um, I think still on terminal leave, but you're out of uniform. And um, ladies, if you were to see her now, and I think we will drop the photo that we just screenshot. Um, <laughs> Olivia looks fabulous. She's oh, in, with her red lipstick, which of course we all <laughs> love to be out of uniform, um, colored nails and everything. So she is here. Um, and please let us know like where you are now. I think it's terminal leave, I believe. Actually, um, I'm beyond terminal leave. I am officially oh. a civilian. Yeah. So I wow. retired uh, once one September, I became a civilian. And uh, yeah, there's something powerful about red lipstick, right? Uh, there's actually a big story about every time when our economy dips, there's something about women flocking to putting on red lipstick and it was and there's a actually story about red lipstick and there's a history about it about red the color red and what it represents and about defiance so um wow yeah there's power i did not know that color i did not yeah. know that it's yeah. crazy. I actually did a, a post on social media about uh, lipstick day and I specifically wore the color red. And it's funny because, you know, in the military, you really can't wear a whole lot of makeup. And if you do, it's got to be very neutral and red right. is not considered neutral. So definitely <laughs> I've embraced the color red once I went into the terminal leave and especially now. So, but yeah, I am, I am now Ms. Olivia Nunn. Um, I, I've kind of went through my own transition and part of my transition did find me on the other side of divorce. And that's why I carry Ms. instead of Mrs. And I am a entrepreneur. I started my own business. I'm also nice. a government contractor. Thank you. And I am a mom. And, and I find myself, you know, on the other side of finding myself uh, an entrepreneur and, you know, on the other side of finding love too. So all yeah. those new cool things. So, yeah. you know, we're excited to <laughs> dig into that here with you. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, when I first spoke to you, um, one, you know, the the power of networking, right? I met you through Topaz, which he's another amazing life coach that we've had here on the podcast. And he specifically works with men. But I think that the more we can not only be able to elaborate on the importance of emotional health, even if it's just through coaching men or just through coaching women, I think at the end of the day, we all still grow because at the end of the day, we're going to work together regardless of that, right? We're going to work with males, with females. And the more we can educate ourselves on our mental and emotional well-being, the better we can do at our jobs, right? As a mom, as a partner, as a relationship, even as exploring to be in a relationship, right? We don't want to be out there looking for other relationships when we haven't really dealt with our relationship that we need to have within ourselves. And that's something that when I spoke to you, um, our first conversation, you elaborated on. And I thought that your story not only needed to be heard, but also the things that you've learned, your experiences, the the obstacles that you've overcome because of the experience you're going through and how you have discovered this now new Miss Olivia Nunn. And I think that we lose sight of that a lot in the military, even as single women, as uh, women that are married, right? Because we still don't understand that in a, in a civilian level, in a, in a level of not having the uniform, not having the rank, the authority um, in, in, in that um, military environment. So you know, I would love to start off by asking you your experience as a military woman, uh, possibly ignoring your mental and emotional struggles and, you know, how we do that unconsciously for the most part, right? We don't just wake up one day and like, oh yeah, today I'm just not going to 
take care of my mental health or my emotional health. We just kind of fall into that because of the the mission that we have, the commitment that we've made, not only to our country, but to our organization and as a leader and our, our soldiers, our airmen, our Marines. So can you elaborate um, more on how your experience as a female military woman, as a lieutenant colonel, that you possibly ignored your mental yeah. and emotional health? So I think, you know, you're viewed as somebody who's strong, right? Majority women that are in the military are alpha, right? We are type mm-hmm. A aggressive women. And with that is this aggressive, female, dominant, strong personality. And that is me, right? I have been considered the woman that's been the leader. I'm the oldest in my family. And, mm. you know, there's, and I'm Asian and in our culture, um, you know, I have the responsibility of taking care of our family. While that typically is held by a male, the next male in my family is very, you know, there's like 20 years difference between us. And so that position, that responsibility has fallen on me. And I've been groomed since I was born to take care of my family. And for me, it's just been understood that that's what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, when you are taught as a military leader to remain calm, in tough situations. And so you just lock down your emotions, right? Mm. Literally, you know, lack of better words, when shit hits the fan, you lock down your emotions and you just get into your training, right? Why do we drill over and over on objective, you know, actions on the objective, right? It's because when shit hits the fan, it's your training that kicks in, right? It's not, so that way your emotions don't take over. It's your training that kicks in. And I think that is true when things happen in your life. You just go into this, I dare say, but robotic type yes. environment for yourself. Mm-hmm. And and then it's like that mom mode, that wife mode that kicks in where you are triaging everything else in a in and around you that you forget to take a step back and say, but I'm a person too. I'm not just a mom. I'm not just a soldier. I'm a mother and I'm also a person and I need to Mm -hmm. be looked at. And I think it's inherent as a woman that you are a nurturer and you're a giver that you don't take the step back and say, I need to, you know, give to myself. And so for me, I think, I didn't even realize in my own mental health journey for me this time last year, as things were falling apart for me, I was so fixated on trying to, you know, fix my marriage as it was falling apart that I was holding on so tight that I couldn't even see that I needed the help. Mm. Here I was falling apart on the inside. That's good. Thinking that I needed to fix you know, everything else around me and not realizing that I needed to fix myself. And I was literally dying. Mm. And when I say that, you know, um, I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't know how to take a step back because the shame started Mm. kicking in. The guilt started kicking in. And here's the thing. I know a lot of people right? I know a lot of people and I know a lot of people are close to me. And yet I did not know who to call. Mm. I had no idea who to pick up the phone and dial. 
Yes, I had my sister who lives with me and I had my parents, but even still, I didn't know how to open my mouth and say, I'm dying inside. And then I started, and I spent a lot of time in my head, right? The the army taught me how to be a deadly and lethal planner, right? Yeah. And I started doing that. I started planning in my head. And I did what the army has taught me to do. I started assessing what the problem is. And guess what I assessed the problem as? Me. Yeah. And so when I assessed the problem as myself, I started thinking, well, how do I remove the problem? Mm. And I started planning how to remove the problem. And I started going down that, that, that path. How do I remove mommy from the picture? Right. And I started thinking through of all the many ways in which I can be effectively removed from that picture. And in that whole time, I didn't look at it as being selfish, right? I really thought in my head that if I removed myself, I would make it easier for everybody else. That if I did that, I would remove the problem from the equation. It would be easier from them and I would remove the shame and guilt of anything and everything that I may have brought to the table. Mm. And I still didn't know how to ask for help. Yeah. And at the same time, I work for an organization called U.S. Army Soldier for Life and I had every resource at my fingertip, right? I'm very well aware of all of the resources out there and Mm. I started calling, emailing, and yet they were overtaxed. I couldn't find one mental health resource that was readily available for me. Mm. There just wasn't one that could that I could reach out and use because they are just were overtaxed. We we're in the middle of COVID at the mm-hmm. at that time. So before you go any deeper with that, I first want to Remind all of our listeners, men included, yes, everyone possibly struggling in their marriage and their relationship, just possibly struggling emotionally. I want to remind you that you can head over to Veterans Crisis Line, veteranscrisisline.net, and or you can also go through Military One Source, militaryonesource.mil, and seek help there. And if you think that you're doing this alone or you have to go at it alone you don't we've all been there I've used military once worse before and I want to continue to encourage everyone to use the resources that we do have especially because again we're not robots so we are humans and we're all living this human experience and remind you that you're not alone okay Olivia so let's go over a little bit more on where you are at right and before I do that I want to you know, applaud you for really digging deep within yourself, right? Like really acknowledging that, you know, there was a lot that had to be done other than fighting for this one thing, right? The marriage part. And also now where you are now today, September 24th, where you are now and you're talking about this, right? It's like a whole different Olivia. It's a whole different person. And I think the key part here is that I want to acknowledge is um, one, it's all these things that we get when we get into our own minds, when we have all these thoughts that are taking over our life, all these thoughts that are taken over that got you believing that you were the problem as the person, as the individual, 
when that really wasn't the problem, right? Like the actual problem here was this um, idea that um, all these circumstances were happening because we just never took the time to understand that, hey, I'm a human. I'm a woman. I'm a leader. I'm in this environment that is one, hard and challenging already. Two, I'm not only a leader, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and there are other things that I am trying to juggle here. So of course, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm a human being. And I think that when we lose sight of that because of all these expectations, you know, especially when it comes to being in a higher position, in a higher rank, we have this idea, which is the problem, that we should be perfect, that we should have it all figured out, our ducks in a row. Right. But that that's not it. And I think that that's what um, really allowed your mind to just go into, you know, self-blame and um, being the person that is the problem when we know that that's not true. We know that that's, that can't be possible because we're all just trying to survive here. We're all just trying to get to the next thing that we need to get done because that's just how we've been operating. And, you know, I love that you highlighted that we go into like a robot mode because we do, right? Like you said, I think a lethal planner, I love that um, term because that's what we get trained to do. We want to plan and everything we, we try to plan in our minds. And then when we get into the end result of, well, wait a minute, I'm not going to be this perfect person. I'm not going to be this, you know, quote unquote, you know, married and happy and, you know, like the, the American dream, right. Of what we're supposed to be doing. But the reality is that that's not my journey. My journey is a different journey. And maybe instead of focusing on the marriage, I just need to focus on how I'm going to be a better human, a better woman, um, you know, grow from this as a mom, as, as a leader, right. Not only for, for you, but for your future clients that you're going to have for your business. So, you know, I just wanted to take a moment here and pause and one, you know, applaud you for taking the time to, to look for resources. And unfortunately, yeah, it was at a time where a lot of people needed a lot of help with their not only mental, but emotional health and, and really taking that step back, because if it wasn't for that, you know, we wouldn't be speaking to you now and hearing your story. And, you know, I want to say that this moment alone is going to help a lot of women. Like it may not be this week that it will be published, but it will be maybe in the next weeks, months or years. But, you know, just having you here and telling your story is, is tremendous. And, you know, I'm very big with my faith. Um, and I know that God has put you through this process for a purpose, right? Like this is your journey and you're going to continue to not only help other women with um, their mental and emotional health, but also look at it on the flip side, right? How are now men looking at women in the military, right? Like, oh, maybe they're, they're struggling, right? They're, yes, she's a Lieutenant Colonel, but she also has a family kind of right. considering and, and putting that factors in play. So no, thank, thank you, you for sharing that with us. I know it's, it's not easy. So I it, think it you. isn't, you know, and I think, and I still struggle sometimes in telling that story in terms of, you know, there is still a sense of guilt, right? There's a sense of guilt in terms of, you know, it's hard to say that there was a moment in time that I had chosen death over wanting to be here with my children. And it wasn't that I didn't think my being here 
or that my kids were enough. It wasn't that. It was literally in that moment I thought that it would have been easier for them if I removed myself because I truly thought that I was the problem. And, you know, obviously my planning didn't work, right? Because I'm here today. And, and, and here's why, right? We, you talk about faith. And faith is important to me and always has. And I, in order to come out of that dark place, I had to lean on faith again. And, and it was not only faith, it was some close friends and my sister that was there every single day. Behind me is, you know, my bedroom those, behind those two closed doors. And um, I paced a lot inside that room. And for me, my, my therapy is I talk. I'm an extrovert and I talk a lot. And <laughs> and if you were the outsider looking in, you would have thought that I was a broken record on repeat, just constantly saying the same thing over and over. But what you needed to realize is that, again, it goes back into planning. What I was doing is that I was assessing, reassessing, reevaluating from every single angle. Every time I spoke, I was assessing and evaluating and looking at multiple angles of the scenario because I was replaying it over and over and over. Mm. And while it may have looked like I was saying the same thing, but I wasn't, right? And I was evaluating my emotions, how I was feeling, how I thought that the other person was evaluating me or, or the situation or how they were thinking. And what you learn through therapy, and that was the other thing I had to go through, I, ha I went through mm -hmm. hours of therapy, is that you have to understand that you can only control yourself, your own yes. emotions, your own beliefs, and how you deal. And that is very hard. It is so easy to cast what you think the other person's doing or what you think the other person is feeling, right? Instead of sitting in the uncomfortableness of how you mm -hmm. feel and how you think and how you control that. And at the end of the day, the army gave me a lot of incredible tools and I relied upon those tools. I also believe it's my personality, right? Here's the thing. <laughs> I live life in the fast lane. I always have. It is my personality. I figuratively and literally live in the left lane at 100 miles an hour. And so it was by no mistake and by no surprise that my therapist said that I was one of the fastest that she has ever seen go through the grief cycle. Um, I literally went through the process of understanding where I was, who I was, and what I needed to go through of my divorce process. Now, to sit there and say that I've completely come through the cycle unscathed or unchanged would be a lie. Divorce changes everybody and anybody it touches. Nobody wins in a divorce. And let me say this, and to be clear, my ex-husband is an incredible man. He's a, he was a great husband. He loved me well. I have nothing bad to say about him. And he's an incredible father. And he still, you know, loves our children well and he takes care of them. It's just unfortunate that him and I could no longer be an amazing couple together. We had our differences and we couldn't just work those through. And at the end of the day, we had to separate. And because of that separation, that breaks you, that changes you. And as much as he loved me and he loved me well, that still left me shattered on the floor. And I had to learn how to rise from that again, right? And 
I still had to learn how to be me all over again. We were married for 16 years, but together for 20, which was the length of my whole entire army career. Mm -hmm. I met him if, you know, if anybody had ever heard our story, I met him in processing my first duty assignment at Fort Hood, Texas. Literally, we're brand new second lieutenants at our first duty assignment, and we were standing next to each other in processing. And so we jokingly would say that we were issued to each other at the start of our assignment, you know, in our career. And so we built a life together. We built a career together. And then, you know, we exited the army, unfortunately, together on separate sides. And so I had to learn all over again, who is Olivia Nunn? I came into the army as Olivia McNeilis. That was my maiden name. And I've exited the army as Olivia Nunn. And I will remain so, right? Because that is the brand that I've created. And that is who I am. And, you know, I've spent 20 years learning to be an army officer and all that that comes with that, right? Every rank that I've earned, learning to become a wife and a mother. Now it's, I'm no longer Mrs. Olivia Nunn, who is just Olivia Nunn. Now that I've taken the rank away, mm-hmm. now I've taken the Mrs. away, who is Olivia Nunn? And I will tell you that there are days that it's incredibly exciting to figure that out. And there are days I'm going to not lie. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It's scary. And sometimes I, you know, I cry because I, I don't know what that answer is, you know, and it's funny you brought up at the very beginning of the podcast, you know, we have a mutual friend Topaz who spends a lot of time talking about mental health from the male side of the perspective. And, and he's actually a good friend of mine as well. And we talk about that perspective as I transitioned out of the military. And again, I'm in the business of transition. And I know, and we talk, I talk about transitioning from all the tools of preparing you for the next life. And I do talk about the identity piece. So I knew all of that was coming, how to get a new job, how to prepare all the skill sets, and even the identity piece. I talk about that. Here's what I didn't prepare for. The emotional side of the house. I was not ready for the emotional side and the toll that it was about to take on me. Here I was sitting at my retirement ceremony. In fact, you know, just about almost a month ago, August 26th. And here I am, big pomp and stance circumstance, you know, event, um, because I did it at Fort Meade, uh, not at Fort Meade, at Fort Myers, excuse me, here in the DC area. And, you know, bands out there playing and everyone's asking, are you going to miss it? Are you going to miss me? I'm like, no, I'm not going to miss it. I'm so ready to go. <laughs> I'm sitting at the, at the ceremony and there was a moment in time. And oh, by the way, I think what made it even harder was we had just lost 13 members in the military force, right? Mm-hmm. Um, over in Afghanistan. And the juxtaposition of that whole entire event is that here I am hanging up my boots just, you know, a few months after 20 years and we just lost 13 members. Of which, you know, one was just 23, you know, just just slightly over the age of the years I've just put in. And there's a moment that I was thinking, screw it. Maybe I don't retire. Maybe we go over there and bring hellfire. 
maybe I don't miss it nearly as much as I think I'm going to. But at the end of the day, I realized I've done my time. I've done my duty. And I've got to figure out who Olivia is. And it's in that moment I realized we don't talk about the emotional side of the house when it comes to transition. So that's what I want to leave with your audience on that side is when you come to your transitional piece is that you've got to sit with the uncomfortableness of your emotions in that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough, right? We're going to prep yes. you and, and we're going to prep you and we're going to prepare mm-hmm. you with all the tools on how to get a new job, how to wear a fancy suit, how to prepare, prep your resume. But you got to prepare for the uncomfortableness of how you're going to feel about it because it's yes. going to be tough. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Olivia, you said all the great things, right? Like you just said so much in these last couple of minutes. And I just want to kind of recap a little bit because you just said so many great um, things about one, the the emotional process that you had to go through, through a divorce, right? And this is the grieving process that we all have to go through. And this it even includes when you, you're transitioning, right? Because you're grieving this career, you're grieving this marriage, you're grieving, you know, when, when we lose people, right? Like you mentioned, we just lost 13 people in Afghanistan. And we we do this constantly, right? When we PCS, we, we grieve in different ways. Sometimes we're like, oh, I'm just so happy that I left, you know, Fort Drum. Or, you know, I'm going to miss Hawaii and Fort Meade or, you know, whatever the location may be. But we we do this a lot and, and we just don't, we're not conscious about it, you know, as um, you know, when you got married, you're grieving now your your single life. When when you, you know, birthed your first child, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm no longer a just woman. I'm a mother, right? Like I'm actually now in charge of this human being. And so we, we grieve different parts of our lives. But I think what makes us even more, um, you know, unique as, as service members, as soldiers, Marines, airmen, we don't necessarily get the time to do it. We don't get the emphasis, the encouragement to go through that process emotionally, right? Because as we're speaking, there are many, many families being, you know, separated either through deployment, through training, through um, possibly just, you know, going through a divorce, a separation in the military. And so a lot of this affects us tremendously emotionally and not to mention transitioning out of the military. That's a whole nother grieving process. And, you know, when you talked about going to therapy, one, I applaud you for that too, because it's hard. It's hard to be like, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going to therapy. Right. And it's because I need some work mentally, you know, some healing to be done emotionally, some allowing of the emotions to happen instead of putting them in our little box and locking it up and throwing the key out. We're actually going to have to open the box and, and feel those dis- uncomfortable, the discomfort of those negative emotions. So, you know, I, I applaud you for that. And another big piece that you mentioned was not having the, or, or the emphasis, the tools on how we're going to deal with that as we transition. Because I think that that is what we fear. That was what I feared when I was getting out, or honestly, before I even put in my packet, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how am I, who am I going to be for one? Like you mentioned, like the identity part, right? Mm-hmm. And then am I going to be, um, you know, how am I going to feel? Like not have this sense of commitment and duty and honor and selflessness. Like I just, Im- I imagined myself being lost and just unworthy because I didn't want to experience that. I'm like, no, I'm, 
I'll put in my packet next year. You know, I, I just, I'll wait. And next year became another year. And it was, it wasn't because I, I didn't know I could find a job. Of course I could find a job. I, I'll get one. I'll find some clothes to wear, you know, something professional. I'll get there. But it was honestly the, the fear of not being able to find myself, not being able to, you know, deal with that alone because no one else understands unless you've come through the transition process. Right. No one really gets it. And I think that that's, we all, that's what we all fear while we're serving. And, you know, another um, important part that you mentioned too was, you know, now the relationship that you have with your ex-husband, right? You, you talk about him in such a beautiful way that I think more women, you know, and more men too, we need to, you know, hone in on loving one another, regardless of what a relationship title is, right? Because at the end of the day, he's the father of your kids and he will forever be, you know, your ex-husband, right? The person that you shared 20 years of your life with. And I think that the more we can do that in a loving way, the more that we can, you know, partner up and, and just be that team because that's really what it is. Right. And I think that that's what the military has shown us for since the very beginning, you need a battle buddy. You need to, you need to do everything as a team. And I think that the more that we can do that, not only as women, as kind of um, really understanding that, you know, we still love one another, maybe not as a, as a couple, but we love one another as a team, as parents. And, you know, I, I love that about you both. And, you know, I applaud you both for that. And then the, the last thing here, you know, with, um, I know we're running out of time, but if you, you kind of already gave us a lot of great nuggets here, but if you could elaborate um, more on something that our listeners can take away, a tip, a recommendation, anything that will help them, not only while they're serving in the military, but also if they're going through the transition, maybe they're getting divorced, maybe they're getting out of the military as well. Is there something that you can share with us that will help them? I think the big important part is that you've got to surround yourself with the people and the tools that are going to make you successful. So for me, that was my sister and, you know, couple close friends, a best friend and a mentor and my faith, right? That that's what got me through. And as well as I needed therapy, right? I, Mm -hmm. I owned the fact that mental health was part of my journey. And we, we as a military community have to change the narrative on mental health, right? Yes. It can no longer be a stigma. And if you're a leader in the military, you need to make sure that it is okay for your soldiers to say that they're not okay and they're not reprimanded for that. And if you are a leader, that you share that you are okay with saying that I'm not okay and that you show Mm -hmm. your soldiers that you are taking the time out for your own mental health journey and you utilize those resources. Because what is leadership? Leadership is doing the things so that your soldiers can do it too. So we've got to change that narrative. Um, You know, I've done uh, many different podcast shows for the Soldier for Life talking about mental health. I've even shared my own journey about my assault story that you could find that on on Soldier for Life, you know, I encourage people to go share those, listen to that. And, you know, there are plenty of resources that are out there. So tune in, dig in. But at the end of the day, you've got to plan. The military has given you the tools to succeed. 
And Mm -hmm. guess what? You have leaders at every single level. You have a team leader, a squad leader, a platoon leader, a platoon sergeant. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. (laughs) Utilize them. And if they're, and if you happen to have a shitty one that's next to you, (laughs) you got a platoon next door. You got a company that's next door. Somebody in and around you has an amazing leader that you can tap into. That's why there are mentors. There are mentorship and leadership organizations that you can join. I am a vice president of communication for one called PPOM. If you're a Pacific Islander, Asian, that's what it's for. There's rocks mm. if you're African-American. There are many organizations that are out there that are designated for different types. Plug plug yourself into one that best makes sense. And in fact, we just talked about one that talks about mental health for men earlier, Topaz, right? Yeah. A good friend of ours, he talks about that as well. So they're out there. Go utilize them. Absolutely. Olivia, thank you so much for your time. I hope, ladies, that you not only tuned in, listened in, but also took some notes. Olivia just brought really not only her story, her authentic story, but also tools that helped her throughout the, uh, along the way. Like she mentioned, what helped her having people around her, mentors, people that actually support her, that may be able to encourage her to seek mental health, to seek therapists, to seek a coach, to seek someone that's going to help you emotionally, that helped her emotionally and grounded in her faith. So again, ladies, I hope that this has resonated with you. And if you're going through this, please feel, feel free to use the links in the show notes that I'll be having here, how to contact Olivia on her LinkedIn on Soldier for Life, the podcast as well. Go tune in and also her business link for anyone out there um, that is also interested in the communications aspect. And as you guys know, again, you know how to find me. You can send me an email at hello at wendyray.com or you can also send me a voice note. Leave me a voicemail on my podcast website, beyondthemilitary.co. And you go to the right bottom hand corner and you'll see the little uh, microphone, the voice, and you can send me um, a note. Let me know if this podcast helped you, resonated with you, and I'd love to hear from you. All right, you guys, have a beautiful rest of the day. Bye. Hey, lady, if this podcast helped you, challenged you, or inspired you in some way, please leave me a written review for the show on Apple Podcasts and share it with another military sister helping you integrate balance, prioritization, and growth in your relationship with God is my ultimate calling. I'm so blessed that you are here. And please join us in the Faith-Led Military Women community on Facebook at bit.ly forward slash beyond the military GRP. Hope to see you there and I'll meet you back here next week. Bye.